Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Our workforce, where are we now? Uh, each month, we take a deeper dive into the diverse, innovative, and effective workforce solutions the National Fund Network is adopting to address local challenges across the country. Uh, my name is Michelle Wilson, and I am the Director of Evaluation and Learning at the National Fund. I am super excited to have Melissa Cleeter. Woohoo! <laughs> Stepping in for Gerard, who's in the TSA pre-check line um, somewhere in somebody's airport. Uh, but we have Melissa stepping in, and I'm super excited because I adore her. Um, mm -hmm. Melissa is a program manager, long-standing OG program manager, National Fund, and leads the career stat, stat work. Uh, hey, Melissa. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Shell. How's it going? Good. So Melissa and I have lots of conversations on Zoom chat, so you probably will get some inner workings of how we um, engage, but that's all good. <laughs> um, ready to dig into this? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So um, this is a big month for CareerStat. You guys, there's a, there's a lot happening over there. I just want to jump into that, and so which is why you're here. So tell us, tell us, tell us what's going on. Yes, we have lots of exciting things happening, and I'm really excited to be here today to talk about them. Um, in particular, we have relaunched our Cornerstone Peer Recognition Program. Um, this was a program that was designed to recognize the work that employers were doing to invest in their frontline workforce. And for career stat, that means folks who are working in positions with an associate's degree or less or making less than $50,000 a year. Um, and it was really to recognize that work and then to leverage that recognition to get more investment and to encourage peers to continue to do that work or to lead that work. Yeah. Um, so it's a cornerstone and it is a peer recognition. And I'm really excited after a four-year hiatus uh, that we're, we're back in action. So talk about that. So the four-year hiatus and what's different what's different now than before and, and, and tell us more, like how did that happen? And yeah, absolutely. Um, so as I noted, you know, this was um, a program that was generated by healthcare employers and them really wanting to be able to uplift the good work that was happening in the sector and elevate leaders who are forward thinking to um, solve some of these problems that have been long term, right? So we know that there are uh, definitely some after effects of COVID, but right. healthcare was struggling before COVID and that really just exacerbated it um, yeah. to a degree um, that makes it much harder to manage now. And so during that time, uh, previously we looked at a lot of the programs that organizations had in place, um, both for um, providing onboarding support and that initial learning how to do your job um, and some uh, career advancement in that space. But during this hiatus, we took a step back to really try and get a much more holistic view. So we're not just looking at HR work or programmatic work, but we're looking at the greater work of what does it mean to have an equitable workplace mm -hmm. that is also accessible, that's mm -hmm. inclusive, uh, where people mm -hmm. feel as though they belong and that they feel that they are centered and cared for. Um, and so we expanded and the, the newer application really aligned with the National Fund's um, job design framework, which is really our rubric for trying to figure out what's a good job, right? Because right. there's right. lots of ways that that could shake out. So in rework 
working um, this, that it looks the way it does now, who all is involved in that process? Yeah, absolutely. So we have um, an advisory group, the executive committee of CareerStat, and those are leaders from the field um, who inform our strategy and our thinking around the work that we do in the network. Uh, mm -hmm. We had a subgroup of that. Um, those folks come and help us with the redesign. We had our national fund team of Activate employers engaged. And then we also had some newer um, employers who brought fresh eyes to this work, right? That hadn't been fully engaged in career stat or into the previous recognition um, to be able to provide us a newer perspective as we looked at this more holistic way of um, giving recognition. So I don't know how many people, uh, I don't know if people understand how expansive this is in terms of how many um, systems um, this work touches or who all's engaged. Can you talk a little about the, the breadth of the scope of the CareerStat network, because I find it quite impressive, quite frankly. Maybe. Yeah, it is um, a, a national network. Um, <laughs> uh, it is helping healthcare employers across the continuum of care. So we do have those larger mega systems that are becoming more and more common, right? Um, but we also have long-term care, home health care, and our direct service providers. We also have um, primary care providers in this space, um, behavioral health. There's a lot in that. And then it also includes partner organizations, right? The folks who help healthcare employers be able to expand their offerings and provide support. So whether those are community-based organizations, um, education and training partners, um, and some um, local organizations like healthcare associations or healthcare industry partnerships, right, where they're working together to solve regional challenges that they mm -hmm. face together. And so mm -hmm. all of those folks are coming together. And really, it's, it's a network um, to learn from one another. Right. Um, we know that sometimes it can get a little bit of a uh, little tight of competition um, mm -hmm. in your local service area that makes uh, cooperation and collaboration a little bit challenging. And this is a way to connect with folks across the country and to hear like, oh, you tried that? Mm -hmm. Ooh, let me, how would I take from you to try yeah. in my space? And what can you, what challenges can I learn from you? And all of those kinds of things. So um, it's a really- yeah exciting network. And this is a, an exciting time because yeah. we have tons of exciting and innovative practices that we're going to be able to share as we dip into 2024. One of the things I think, uh, and I, I've done focus group with folks uh, uh, in the career set network, and that was the thing that rang true that came out that was very loud and clear in all of the conversations that we have in the focus groups we had was just the ability to connect with people across the country. Um, and talk about these issues. Um, so that's exciting that that space is there for workers, I mean, just for um, um, healthcare organizations. So I'm curious about what stood out around the group of champions that that you've named um, this year. What stood out? Well, so there's a, a rubric of what makes a champion, mm -hmm. right? We have a, a different criteria, but I think what really stood out is that these organizations have um, sustained leadership commitment to do this work. They're not having to pitch over and over to convince their leaders. Um, four of them, excitingly enough, have elevated from emerging champion status um, to champion status. And so that is what yeah, we're what able to say. Oh, pause. Let's talk, let's talk about what that means. Let's talk about what that means. <laughs> So um, within the designation, there's champions and emerging champions. Mm -hmm. um, champions meet all of the criteria that we're looking for. And mm -hmm. 
emerging champions are earlier in the work, right? Like they have some of that commitment and they are diving into it, but maybe they don't have all the outcomes or the data to support and show the effectiveness of the work. Um, maybe they have um, are starting with programmatic responses as opposed to a larger strategy, right? But they're on the road. They are walking and they are trying to get there. And so we want to give them that recognition to say, we see you. We see you trying to make some changes in your organization and we want to be able to support you in that. And then, um, so in this case, there are four organizations this of the eight who have been recognized um, in this year. And they were previously recognized as emerging champions. And because of the hiatus, they had even more time to adjust and advance some of the practices and adopt some of the best practices that they have learned through colleagues and learned through their participation in CareerStat. And we've seen it reflected now in their current applications to elevate them to that next level. And I just want to pause and talk about how powerful that is, right? Like to recognize folks, to recognize organizations that have been identified as emerging and then the commitment, right? Because this is systems change work and it's not yeah. stuff that happens overnight or in two days or in one year with, you know, it, it takes time. And so the dedication and then to come back and then, and then show as, you know, champions is fantastic and really exciting. And again, that's the power of the CareerStat network. I mean, obviously they're doing work in their communities, but that they are committed to doing this. Yes, for sure, for sure. Um, so when we think about the work, one of we have been um, for quite some time now at the National Fund, really um, how we, through our work, um, disrupt um, drivers to occupational segregation. You know, that's that's where we are with our commitment to um, race equity and inclusion and uh, workforce. So, what does it what does it look like? What are you seeing? Or talk to me about what's happening in the career stat space around occupational segregation. Obviously, we know that the healthcare is one of the areas where you have some of the greatest types of disparities. Um, with regard to occupational segregation, wage segregation, a whole other type, a whole host of of, of segregations. But talk to me about, about what, what space. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, we have lots of data that shows um, occupational segregation. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities in the healthcare field to address Reframe those challenges. Reframe it, yes. <laughs> yes, a lot of opportunities in that space. And I think some of it is really... Um, employers really looking at um, the fundamental changes that recognizing um, that you can do these quick fix changes and they're going to be quick fix and not lasting, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so some of this work and some of our champions have really been dedicated to this work over time, have seen those improvements and are really looking at how are you creating a worker center culture of learning? Mm -hmm. Um, and leveraging that influence to create organizational change and regional change in their spaces, but really engaging workers in that process. And we know um, that there has been a lot of buzz in recent years around human-centered design. We have work related to that at the National Fund, so do many other organizations. Um, and the worker voice is a huge component of this. And mm -hmm. from where I sit, employers are often very afraid to mm -hmm. ask workers because they are afraid workers are going to ask for something that they cannot deliver on. Mm, um, say, that, what, say that part again. Say that part yeah, again, because that's they important. are afraid that uh, workers are going to ask them for things that they cannot deliver on. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, that's the key is is transparency and knowing 
that some of this work is going to be long-term and some of it, you might be easy fixes, right? So you're right. If you aren't providing a livable wage for your workers, that is something that you need to figure out. You need to get on the road and start walking. And that is really complicated with our healthcare system and how payments get made and all of that. But we can't anymore just say, well, that's just tough. And it's yeah. it's hard. It is hard. Um, that's what leadership is, is doing things when they are hard, right? Um, so you do have to, but you can say to folks, we hear you, we recognize it, and that's going to take time for us to fix. But in the meantime, what can we do to help you feel like you're being treated with dignity and respect? What can we do to help you think about your career and what that might look like and support you to reach your goals? Um, what are some smaller things that we can make in the job design, right? Because um, folks who are in the job um, generally have the best sense. That's what human-centered design is, right? And how to the, solve some of these problems. And we have plenty of examples of where just something small in a workplace of like, um, well, if we moved this from this counter to that counter, um, <laughs> that would save us time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how we do this thing. If we put our um, cotton swabs in this drawer, that it might save us, right? Like there's things like that of just being able to engage those workers so that they know that they are a part of that workplace, that their ideas matter, that they have opportunities um, to shift and change things in the way that feels good to them and offers lots of learning and opportunity. So they, that's not just for workers, that's for leadership too, right? right? A continuous right. Um, education and continuous improvement isn't yeah. just decided, it's across the organization. The organization. Um, so we have just a couple of minutes left, but I'm really um, curious and, and we're at the end of the year. This is our last state of the workforce for the year. So, hey. um, so what challenges remain? Like what, what, what are you still frustrated about when you think about where we need to go and what needs to happen? I mean, you're not frustrated, but what, like, where do we need to dig in more in your mind? Yeah. Something that comes up a lot is that healthcare employers are in a very precarious state at this moment. And some of them are very much in survival mode. How do we keep our doors open so that we can provide our communities with the care that they need? Um, and so they are looking for quick things. But what we know is the structures that got us here, not quick, right? Um, and very intentional and took a long time to get there, right? And so we need to be just as intentional and just as committed about dismantling those structures. Um, and that takes time. And that can be really hard um, when you feel like you're just treading to stay above water. And so what I would love to see is more organizations. It's not an either or. It's a yes and, right? Yes. So what are the things that we can do short term? And then what are the things that we really need to invest in and be committed to in a long-term vision of really transforming our workplaces to ensure that people are staying, that they're not just coming in. We're not just hiring a diverse workforce. Mm -hmm. And when I say diverse, all of the ways, racially, um, age-wise, uh, identi other identities, a whole host, people with different abilities. We need all of those folks represented in the healthcare space because we as a community represent all of those things, right? Um, yes, yes. So we need that. Um, in order to change that, that's hearts and minds, that's minds, mindset shifts. Um, that's a lot of work that goes into it, um, but you're not gonna get anywhere unless you get started and right. you have that commitment to keep moving the needle. 
And um, you have preached a word today, Alyssa. <laughs> Alyssa um, I always enjoy talking to you. I adore you. Um, thank you for joining us today. Um, be sure to join us next month, everybody, as we continue to, the conversation about the state of our workforce. Uh, have a fantastic winter break if that is available to you. Uh, and um, we will see you uh, on State of Our Workforce next year. So bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. State of Our Workforce, Where Are We Now? is a production of the National Fund for Workforce Solutions. This episode was produced by Josh Enoch. The music in this episode is produced by Alex Productions. You can find past episodes of State of Our Workforce on our website at www.nationalfund.org. State of Our Workforce is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you may listen. State of Our Workforce airs live monthly on LinkedIn. Follow the National Fund for Workforce Solutions on LinkedIn to get updates about the next live recording of State of Our Workforce.